0: guest in the world from wwe to dna impact by way of the nwa it's time for reffing it up with legendary referee brian hepner and guest host mr reffin rant himself jimmy corderas an all new episode starts in this this ish. is reffing it up
1: Welcome back to Reffin' It Up. I am RJ. This week we are doing a Reffin' Rewind of the great interview that Brian and I conducted with his father, Mr. Earl Hebner, last November this week. So stay tuned for that. A great, great interview. If you missed it the first time, you have another chance to listen to it right now. So that is just around the corner. Everybody, go over to castby.com slash reffin' it up. Subscribe to the podcast on any podcasting platform that you have right now, or just subscribe to all of them. That's absolutely great, too. But head over there. We have our merch there. We have all our platforms we're on, like I said. Follow us on Twitter, at ReffinItUp. you have all our other platforms there as well for Jimmy and for Brian. But in the meantime, head over to manscapecom slash or simply use the promo code REFIN to get 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist grooming. Guys, it's that time of the year you're going to the beach. you got to make sure that you look your best. So head over to Manscaped and get your performance package 4.0. It's luxury grooming, guys. It's absolutely phenomenal. I use it. Brian uses it. Jimmy uses it. We use just not that, but I use the Beer Hedge Trimmer Pro Kit. Absolutely phenomenal. It is just top notch head over there use the promo code get some boxers get some ball wipes cuz you know it's sweaty outside you got to make sure your boys are comfortable they're breathing so go over there manscape.com/refin use a promo code as well refin for 20% off and free shipping thanks for our great friends over at manscape.com
0: this is your two counts Okay, welcome back to the second count. And right now, I want to bring in our special guest. And to all your listeners, if you think this is funny or you find this weird, it is what it is. But I'm bringing in my daddy. Yes, I call him daddy. And if you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> um, the legend, the Hall of Famer, the man who's done it all in his business, my daddy, Mr. Earl. Kepner. Hello, daddy. Hey, buddy. Glad to have you on here. Uh, we've been waiting and saving it. We're waiting for the holidays. So we're right at it because we want everyone to have a good holiday. And we figured we'd do it with you on it. Okay.
2: Well, I was, I was wondering why you took so long. I thought I'd have one foot in the grave.
0: Well, well no, we, <laughs> we, we, we didn't want to wait for that.
1: I <laughs> see that would be one hell of a podcast then. Jeez, man. Um, you know, Earl, I, uh, I I told Brian, too, this is one of the the ones I've been looking forward to since we've been starting the show to have you on. Um, And I really wanted to talk to you mostly about, because I haven't ever heard you really talk about this in the interviews that you've done, is the match between um, Tully Blanchard, Magnum T80, I Quit match, the Steel Cage match from Starrcade 85. How did you... You know, get to become involved with that match. Was it just a matter of, hey, we're going to put Earl with that match? No,
2: it was it was Dusty Rhodes' idea. Okay, he wanted me to do that match. I think it. if I'm thinking right. It was it, it was either in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh.
1: I believe that Charlotte. Was, Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. It was it was the um, it was the Sarah Coliseum. It was the two. It was the event that was multi locations. Okay. I, I was I was I was there, Daddy.
0: I was there with you. I was there with you, and then they had the closed circuit TV in Chicago, where the Road Warriors and the Midnight
1: Express did the scaffold match.
2: Okay, all right. Hell, I can't remember what yesterday was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was actually it wasn't Chicago, uh, Brian. It was the Omni in Atlanta. Okay, okay. Where well, the second show was? Right, 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 right. The uh, it was Greensboro. It was at the Omni, the let's see here. I'm looking at it on the flight. It was actually at Greensburg Coliseum. It was a semi-main event. They had the rock and roll and the Russians on after that cage match. Gotcha. And then you had you had Dusty and Flair um at the Omni. But- so so Daddy, uh
0: when when you debuted in the World Wrestling Federation at the time, obviously you were part of one of the biggest angles ever involved in wrestling when it came to you and Uncle David. It was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Is there anything that you can just put into your own words of what this moment meant for you as your first act in the WWE? Uh,
2: well, huh. I was nervous as hell, but, <laughs> but I was happy to get the opportunity to move up to a bigger company than the Crockett's. But the Crockett's were good, though you know. But um, it was a it was a boost for me in this business, you know what I mean? And I was happy as hell.
0: Now, what what really happened with David when the um, the angle between you two actually went a, went disarray and he kind of went to his backstage duties as an agent, and all that? What what was it? An injury? What was it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I took it, it was it it was his entrance going to the ring everybody thought I was David and David was uh, walking around all day because I was here And then when I came out, David went and Vince's his office. And stayed till the,
0: till he, it was
2: time for him to come out.
0: Gotcha. You, gotcha. You. So when, when, when David stopped refereeing and that angle went away, was that because of him being injured?
2: No. Uh, well, they, they wanted us both to referee for a while, but then they didn't want to have, both
1: of us refereeing all the time.
0: Got you. Got you. I understand.
1: So they made him an agent. Right. Yeah. And that's really where he, you know, a lot of people will know him from, you know, later in the days of the attitude era and whatnot, seeing them coming out uh, of the back. But uh, previous to that, what, if you do remember what ended up happening between anything happening between you and the Crockett's when you made that move to the WWF in uh, February of 88? No, no,
2: I left on good terms. It just was, uh, you know, they they needed a, a look alike or a twin deal, and 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 that fit me perfect. And so uh, they didn't want me to leave, but I knew I had to go because I was going to make three times or four times as much as they were paying me. Mm.
1: Who's um whose idea originally was it for the the uh the twin storyline? Was it kind of everybody's involved, or was it just Vince? Or...
2: well, they, they were – They were thinking about. uh, They were trying to get the idea whether they could get a lookalike or or imposter, and then uh, David told them, "Well, you you know, I got a twin brother, and I guess it didn't register in their mind at the time, but we were twins. But then that's basically
0: how it all happened." Okay. When you when you left the Crockett promotion were there any hard feelings at all that they didn't want you to leave? Or were there any contractual type things that were, I don't think there was contracts back then, were there? No, no. uh Uh-uh. So when you went into WWE, did you sign, or WWF at the time, I'm sorry, it's so hard for me to do that. Did you you sign a contract at that point and know exactly what you were starting to do when you got there? Did you know this was the first thing you did?
2: Yeah, I signed the contract.
0: Got you. And knew exactly what you were doing the first time you walked in that door. You knew this angle was happening. Right. Wow. Unbelievable.
2: Well, you you know, we went up to the office, uh, Connecticut, and, we, and we, we, we practiced for about a week on that thing, what we're doing and how we wanted to do it.
0: Well, I always tell people when they ask me, too. You know, I, I remember, like, it was yesterday. I remember you giving me a call. And asking me to watch the WWE – gosh darn it, if I do it one more time, I swear. But it, it's easy to do. But WWF. And you wanted me to watch the the Saturday night main event. And I was – and you wouldn't tell me why. And I remember always wondering, like, why would he tell me to watch Uncle David when he knows that I'm a huge Crockett fan, you know, the NWA? <clears throat> and obviously, I found out why. But, but <laughs> it was just uh, – I just remember that day like it was yesterday. It was just absolutely – Awesome. And I get asked about it all the time on our podcast. You know, just people just wondered, how did it feel as, a, as, as the son of Earl Hebner when your dad just did that? And, you know, and I knew, you know, it was happening in a way, but didn't know for sure. Because the fact, you know, David always has been heavier than you. And I noticed that he looked thinner, but I was just thinking, well, you know, he may have lost some weight. There's going to happen, you know, a little bit of weight. <clears throat> and, and then I picked it up middle of the ways and I was just like, that is my dad. It was crazy, man
2: huh yes it was
1: so back in 2001 wwe excuse me, i did now i did it brian wwf raw magazine came out with an article and they ran uh in in the article it said that your brother david uh suffered some broken ribs uh as a result of you kicking him now (laughs) if i have two younger brothers so i know that brothers fight uh how much was that uh did you kind of say okay this is for you know when we were little or this is for you know when we were little or whatever or was that just kind of you know stuff happens
2: <laughs> that just happened I, I was I was uh, I was really excited and uh fired up you know and I would never meant to kick him that hard but hell I, I kicked him so hard I knocked myself down
0: <laughs> That was so good That's oh, so that,
1: that's I like and like Brian said that was probably one of the best you know angles of that era because it, it just prolonged so far so far so long into WrestleManias into pay-per-views into Saturday nights and it's it, it something that we could always look back on and you know and smile at so
2: yeah but you know what in these days now the way the business is that was the most kayfabe match that nobody even knew about period hmm well, a lot of people don't know what kayfabe is now so <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not not too many. There's there's still a few out there, but uh, with you know, we're talking about this twin magic. Do you think a lot of the referees should be involved in in, in, in storylines with the current product? Do you think they should just basically you know you know stay to doing the one job?
2: Well, it it, it depends on what angles they want or storylines they want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think they should give them something, but nowadays they don't want to do anything. But as far as uh, storylines, if they need a referee, they, they shouldn't, you know, like the deal I did, if they ever come up with another idea or something like that, you know, they're going to have to use another ref. But mm-hmm. it's, it, it really depends on what kind of angle they're looking at or what they want to do with it, you know?
0: Sure. Did you know uh, that, that you were the first referee that had a playable character in a wrestling video game. Did you know that? Yeah. You did know that. Of course yeah. you knew that, you son of a bitch. Well, I got my
2: royalty check. That's what it told me. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I thought that was really, really cool. Um yeah, so you were the first referee to have their 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 a uh, playable character. So you could be Mr. Earl Hebner and you could fly around the ring and uh you could use other people's bodies to get up
1: and all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah I still I used to. I can't do it in <laughs> hell. I can't get my own up now,
1: so <laughs> and all cr- the, you could call co- you could co- cosplay uh, Earl Hebner with Hulk Hogan and get those twenty four inch pythons. Man,
2: I tell you what, man, when he threw me out, of course everybody knows they overshot me, hit the concrete floor and spun in my rotor cup, and mm. I was out uh, probably eight weeks at uh uh South. What is it? South Health Health South, hmm. my shoulder back. But I went down to Birmingham, and uh, Doctor Andrews operated on me. And then I came, flew home, and and worked, and went to uh, Health South till I got better. Till I got back together.
1: Yeah.
0: So so so, Daddy, you've done so many special matches, matches that people grew up watching, and they're they're just a memory bank full of them. If you could just name and I know this is very difficult because I get asked this too, and it's harder for me too as well, not to your level, but could you name like one match that you just really will remember for the rest of your life and always know that that's the one you did? That's that special one?
2: Yep. What was it? It was uh DX match where I knocked down Hunter, uh, uh, x Pot, uh, Road
0: Dog, and Billy. Oh, so the match that you got put over.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, hey, hey, hey! I got to get my shit in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, th- I think that's a new shirt. Crepe, you know? <laughs> I got to get my shit in, too.
0: <laughs> that, that, that. Hey, that's a good idea. You you ought to do that, Daddy. I got to get Trash- my shit in, too.
1: <laughs> trademark it, trademark it. I, I know a guy. I can trademark it for you, Earl. Uh, but I'm glad you brought up Triple H because... You know, since I've been doing the show with Brian, you know, we see a lot of the matches that he's done with Undertaker, with Eddie, with Kurt. You go back and watch a lot of these matches from, you know, Attitude Era to the 2000s. You've done a lot of matches with uh, with Triple H with Hunter. Are you are you surprised at where he is right now with the company, basically being one of the guy people that are running it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, because, uh, you know, along, along the road after China was out of the picture, you know, Stephanie would come to the house shows. We hotter her in the audience and all this shit. And uh, I, I knew it was uh, sooner or later it was going to uh, come to what it was. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I figured it was. I didn't know for sure. But I knew sooner or later, you know, they were hot to trot and it was going
0: to happen was that shown in front of the boys? I mean, did the boys all knew this, uh, that, that she was being hidden and waiting for him later.
2: Uh, Yeah. It, I think, uh, I think uh, uh, the uh, diesel razor and all of them knew it. I don't know about anybody else for sure. The click, click. Yeah. The click. Yeah. The click knew it.
0: Gotcha. You, gotcha. You, gotcha. You. So there was a, there was a point we want you to, there's the, all right. So, There was a storyline you were in, which me and RJ thought was very fascinating. I remember it like yesterday because, I, I, you know, obviously I followed all the stuff you did. And I I don't know if you remember. And we have a little video that we're going to play for you so you to watch. And then we'll ask you a question afterwards. But to lead up to it so you know what you're watching, you were involved with an angle with Triple H where you were fired by him. And he said he wouldn't touch you until – you were not an employee so he fired you he pedigreed you and, and basically beat the living shit out of you well linda hired you back 13 days later and you were replacing the corrupt uh referee which was shay mcmahon to do the triple h and rock match and it didn't work out quite the way that triple h and mr vince mcmahon wanted to work out so i want you to hear this and look at this video here
1: You're your got him for you, Mr. McMahon. All right.
0: Patterson, Briscoe. What you want on the other side of the door? Nobody comes in. Nobody, Mr.
1: McMahon. So...
0: still be checking oh but no no my wife reinstates you you dribbling little piece of trash i just want my job you what i just want Shut up. you want your job you want your job You stay out of my business. You got it? I'm telling you, you better stay out of my business. Bad things happen to people who get in my business. You remember
1: that. Don't get the hell out of here. All right, we'll pause that right there. So the the question is,
0: is there a more intimidating figure in the business than Mr. Vincent Mann? Not at all. Not at <laughs> all. He could raise the dead. <laughs> now, now now people say to me, and I'm also, this is a question for me, seriously. Uh and I'm sure everybody would like to know this. Now you knew obviously that you were gonna go in there and do this backstage segment with Vincent Mann. Was it as scary as it was for real or, or, or as it wasn't real? Like, because I, 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 watched this back several times and I'm just like, my dad looks like he's going to shit in his pants. Like he, he, and, and, and you knew this was going to happen. <laughs> like, in other words, you knew all day that at some point y'all were going to take this little vignette here. What, what were you, what were you thinking? Seriously? Like, what was your thought process? And it's just hurry up get it over and get the fuck out of here.
2: Yep. I mean, even if it was planned, it was was real to me. I was scared as shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So with with that being said, that pretty much kind of simmered that thing down, and I'm sure you weren't too um, unhappy about that being simmered down with Vince involved, were you?
2: No, I was glad to get out of the office. (laughs) I was glad it ended. So... That, that, Anybody that was that, as I've ever been to come having a heart attack. <laughs> when,
0: yeah. I, when I when I when I watch it, I almost shit my pants and have a heart attack too. For you, hey, he's scary. Regardless. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that that's a scary man. Uh, you, you remember when they had to change my name from Weber to Heppner? Remember that story? Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Jeez. Well, what's your name? Yeah. Well, what's your oh. well, what's your name? Uh, Brian hebner Good. Sounds good. Walk the hell off.
1: <laughs> really? Oh, is that is that actually happened, then, Brian? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, oh. Dude,
0: I, I was at uh, I was at a, a, a taping, and Michael Cole kept slipping up, and of course the boys were working me too, and you know they're they're calling me Brian Weber, but he keeps slipping up and saying Hebert on TV on Sunday Night Heat, and they told me that they wanted me to go ask Vince what he wants me to do about the name, and I'm like, really? So. Yeah, so I'm I'm up the ramp and I'm leaning down, looking at Vince, who's standing up on the side ramp, and I'm stuttering like a son of a bitch. I'm like, you know, oh, yeah, 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 uh, hey, Vince, Vince. Um, hey, um, I just have a quick question for you. Um, they're calling me well well well, my name, well, they're calling me Brian Weber, but they keep slipping up and calling me by my real name. And they want to figure out what name you want to be called. And he looks right at me, pauses for a minute, he goes, Well, what's your name? And I said, Brian Hebner. And he went, sounds good. And walks the
1: fuck off. <laughs> that's about right. Crazy. Uh, so anybody that's really watched any part of uh, your career, Earl, is you, know, you see those classic, you know, Brian's been tagged with his classic bumps from The Undertaker, taking the clothesline from health from JBL. He does the whole flip for somebody like myself that has seen a lot of your work, you've always, I I call it the fish out of water where you get backed up into the turnbuckle and you kind of just flop on the ground. (laughs) When you, when you've done the ref bump, is that something that you kind of want? You just, you just did it or was it something that, you know, you tried to make your own. I just did it. Yeah.
2: Anytime I ever tried to take a bump and I would, like I tell all these referees don't stiffen up. Just stay relaxed, and then you'll get a better bump out of it. And that's how I've always been. I've been like, when they hits me, I'm like a, a sponge. I just, you know, and it's always worked for me.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll have to admit, you know, I've gone back and looked at a lot of stuff. And if, you have, if you're a referee, you need to go back and look. And you have taken some sick fucking bumps, man. Um, I remember the one with the briefcase uh, where – it was it was shoved to you and you went you were trying to go between the, the the top and the middle rope and completely missed both those ropes and just took a flat back on your on your ass and your back it was absolutely i could not believe you did not get hurt it was crazy um with that being said can you maybe maybe to help out somebody or people that are listening that one of the worst bumps you maybe took, other than the Hogan over the top deal,
2: I, I took one from David Boy, uh, at, a, at a it was I think it was called in your house. He threw me out the ring so hard that man, I I thought I was dead, and I wasn't prepared for that one because it was never it was never said that he was going to do that. You know, well, how was
0: he? How was he throwing you out over the top through the middle?
2: I was running toward him. And uh and he just kept me going. and he grabbed me and just shot me through.
0: Where'd you go? Where'd you, where'd you go through the the second or to the top? Second rope. Did you? Uh, did you?
2: I, I had the colors of the rope on my pants, and I had to throw them away. So I yeah. think it was blue at the time because it was so much shit on them that it, <laughs> it, it, it it I was so hard and and stiff that it was unreal
1: you know a lot of the time i want to talk briefly about your time in uh, in tna earl is uh when you went over to their company you did a lot of the knockout matches was that you know part of your call was a part of the officer's call saying hey let's you know have let's have earl kind of work with these girls and see if anything were to happen you know earl's there he can take care of them
2: well actually the girls wanted me all the time I didn't really want to do them all, all the time, but then again, hell, it was, I was safer with them than I was with some of the guys. And I thought I'd last longer. So it worked out good for me.
1: Yeah.
2: And well, And usually but, the matches won't, but about 10 minutes of that. Yeah.
0: So, so, so let, let let let's back up here for just a second. So <laughs> Earl decided, and I'm calling him Earl now because that's how it goes on a board when I write it down and say, who's doing what, <laughs> Or whether, or actually, when he gives me the paper and says, here, you put my fucking name on this. But anyway, (laughs) there was a time where, and I don't blame him, actually, he was smart, but I just messed with him because it's just funny. Where we would do a lineup, and of course, they would have these 30 minute matches, these 20 minute matches, these whatever it was. And this was when it was no no DQs, whatever. Well, Earl conveniently had matches with a no-DQ where there wasn't much thought process to it. And then, of course, he would always take the girls because they were very short matches, and he would usually get his shit in like he always does. So, come on, Daddy. You did them girls because you wanted to get over, bro. I did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, got more kisses. I got more kisses from them than I did my wife.
0: <laughs> well... Uh, it, you, you did get quite a few of them. I watched them every single night, over and over and over again. My my thing was I couldn't believe that all of them were willing to do it. They love me, man. They love me. <laughs> so what, what we're going to do now? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bounce out of this segment. We're gonna go to our last segment. We've got some fan questions for you, and uh, just see what uh, what you may want to comment to those guys and uh, get try and get what we can in for you. We don't want to hold you up all night. We know you're a busy man. So, uh, with that being said, let's uh head into our third count. This is your three count.
1: So, our first question comes from RJ from Rochester. He wants to know if the WWE were ever come knocking at the door, you get that call about the Hall of Fame. Would you ever consider it? Yeah, I'd
0: consider it. Yeah. Well and, and, and I have a question to boot on top of that. Do you feel like you should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh
2: yeah. Yeah, I really do. All the all the stuff that I've done in this business and and made a lot of the matches what they are. I think I deserve to be in there, but whether I do or not, it's up to them.
0: Can I can I give you my thought?
2: Yeah, go ahead. You always have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, without being nasty, I, I, I'm just going to say this. I think that with what you did for the Montreal screw job showed more balls than any other referee could have done, I think that that is hats off and think that you should be commended for that because you not only stood up for your company, you stood up for the people that you worked for in that match. Not only that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you've done everything that you could have done to make the matches the best they could be, and you worked your ass off for them, and you did that. Now, whether they think whatever, at the end of the day, when everything was done and said, when you were done at the WWE, whether it was wrong, right, it doesn't matter, I'm not getting into that, it doesn't matter. That's not what you're graded on to go to a Hall of Fame. You're graded on your performance and the things you did for the business and the company you work for, and there was nobody better and did what you did. I think it's a crock of fucking shit, and I think that that you should be in the Hall of Fame sooner than later and I think if you're not I just think it's just a bunch of bullshit and they can keep putting movie stars in there to draw people and ratings and all that bullshit but they they need to just put people in there in my opinion that deserve to be there and I think you are one of those that's my opinion on it and if it don't happen I'm going to be one pissed son of a bitch
2: well I think you're right I mean if you look at it they got a lot of celebrities in there that never have taken a bump in their life I mean, you don't see wrestlers going in the NFL Hall of Fame. You don't see uh, wrestlers going in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, you know, it's it's a separate business, and it should be nothing but wrestling people in the Hall of Fame.
0: And I totally I totally get it, and I, and I agree with you 100%. And that's why my feelings are so strong. Um, it's not because you're my dad. It, it really isn't. It's it, it really has nothing to do with it. To be quite honest with you, and I, I don't know if you agree or not, and I'm sure you will, but I think somebody like Mike Kyoto should be in there as well. I think that they should honor these guys that have done and, and gave their lives and taken been taken away from their families and that kind of thing, and, and 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 respect them and show what what you guys have done. And I just think that that's that, that that's the the madness that I get when I when I get asked that question. I just because I can't, I just can't fucking stand it, and it it just makes me so mad.
2: Well, you know what? In all honesty. I uh I've been thinking about that a long time, but I think I could name five referees that I know that belong in there. And I'll start with myself, Nick Patrick, Tommy Young, Kyota, and uh, Charles Robb and Jimmy Caderas or Cadoras, that's what the hell his name is.
1: <laughs> um, He's Canadian,
2: so it don't matter. <laughs>
1: You, you know, it, I'll get to our next question, but I just want to make a comment here too. The day you go in, Earl, your brother should go with you. Well, I think
2: you, so too. Uh, ask, and my brother, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely, 100%. You get one, you want both of them, because his his impact on the business is substantially substantial as well. Behind the scenes, in front of the camera, what have you. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for him, you, you know, that – WrestleMania three match wouldn't have happened between Savage and Steamboat as much as well as it did, but. right?
2: And he did a hell of a job. Yeah.
1: Uh, next question comes from Travis Robertson. He asks, "How did you maintain the same three count for so many years?" Like as oh. far as like repetition and whatnot.
2: Well, unless you're told, oh, I was told. If it's if it's a screw job, then they'll say, "Take it easy." do your regular count. Then when it's time for the screw job, do your fast count. But I've always done my regular count uh, unless I was told to do a fast count. And it and that's what I try to tell these refs now. Don't wait. Don't do, do your normal count at the beginning of the match as at the end. But most of them, you know, when the finish comes up, you can almost tell it the way they count. One, two, three. You know? And even Brian, you know, I told Brian the same thing when he, when he started. And Truthfully, I guess he and I is the only two that can give a count without people knowing it's a finish.
1: Our next question comes from Gavin. He asks uh, Who are some refs today that young, inspiring referees should study? Um, I, you mentioned Charles, you mentioned Kyoto, you mentioned um, Cordero. Anybody else that you think uh, inspiring referees should be watching?
2: Well, I like Chris Shaw. He's with WWE, you know. And uh, he's come a long ways, and he's done a great job, and he's got that uh, natural uh, instinct to be to become a, a a great referee. you know now, some of the uh, I don't know, I hate it when referees uh, sell the bumps everything when they grab their head, or go or they like they're taking a bump. I, I can't stand that because it like I told him, you're that account. You're not there to sell. You know, and there, some of them are selling more than the guys once they take a the bump. And it's a joke.
0: I'm not even trying to figure out who he's talking about because I actually really, really know. You missed that episode. <laughs> uh, I, I buried him, and I didn't mean to bury him, but it just happened. Um, I know exactly who you're talking about, and we don't even have to go into it again. You're right. It's over the top, and it just is absolutely horrid and horrible. It's the shit. It, it, it is. And, and it, it's the... It's, it's the major shit. So um, this is a question that I want my listeners to listen to because I think it's very interesting, and I love the story, and I know the story because you've gone over with me. But I want you to explain to our listeners what the, what did the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, mean to you, and what did he do for you for your career?
2: Well, Dusty means everything for me because if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be in the business. And then when he hired me, he gave me the uh lead way. Uh Tommy Young was one of the greatest referees that I'd ever be in my in in the history of this business. And Tommy's the one that taught me to be a good ref. And Dusty gave me the opportunity to be a good ref. And I guess the way he kept me and 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 uh gave me the go-ahead sign on matches and, and shit like that, uh, he was great. And and I, I owe him everything. And God knows I wish he was still here, but I hope he can hear me.
0: I, I'm, I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can. And I, I, I love that story, and I, that's why I wanted to bring, you know, all our listeners into that because I want them to understand that story because I know how dear to his heart you are. I also want to ask you, um, and I want you to explain this to people, too. What did going into the TNA Hall of Fame mean to you? And, and especially that night, because I remember that night, you know, me and you kind of both lost our shit because it was just a big moment. What what what, what did it mean to you?
2: It meant, it meant everything in the world to me in this business. And I never thought I would ever get there in any Hall of Fame, but I did. And I was so happy that they recognize how valuable that I was and they still have referees that are valuable, but they they sort of broke the ice in knowing that uh this business has to for this business to succeed, they have to have a good ref. And, you know, it's good that they noticed that and gave me the opportunity to be in a Hall of Fame. And I will never forget that night or uh, what they did for me.
1: All right, so our next question comes from uh, WWE Master 2018. He says, "What of these three legendary stipulations did you want? Uh, did you want to referee while you worked in the WWE in the '90s and 2000s? So, what are these? Did you want to work? Uh, Buried Alive, Last Ride Match, or the Inferno? Buried Alive, yeah." a lot lot less to worry about
2: (laughs) oh 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 i got you okay i'm sorry uh i guess bird alive because it was uh it was a lot of uh moving parts in that match you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and and it had to be right It, it was no room for error
1: so you know I think you did quite a few of them though, because I think probably was it Undertaker, Mankind was one. Right. Um, I think we had, obviously, Undertaker did a lot, majority of them, obviously. Right.
2: Yeah. But, but you you know, the more you do, the better you're going to get. Yeah. So at first it was kind of a little bit of pressure. But as you kept going, then you learn everything
0: else, you know, where to go, where to be, what to do. So if there was a number one rule that you had to give a referee, just the one rule to send them on their own, getting into business, just what, just a number one rule. What would that rule be?
2: To pay attention to what you're doing and don't worry about your girlfriend sitting on the front row, try to impress her. Do your shit and get it right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I think that's the title for this episode, Brian, do your shit and do it right. Well, you know, I, I really thought, you know what I
0: thought he'd say? I really thought he'd say what he said to me. I came back and I did a Sunday night heat match and I was really close to working my way to the main roster and was trying to like really put him over, like like really get him to get on my side to get me on that damn roster to where I could work the main shows. And I said, Hey daddy, what did you think of that? He goes, What's wrong with your fucking leg? And I said, What do you mean what's wrong with my fucking leg? You got something wrong with it? And I said, no. Well, why is your hand all on the rope? Hold yourself up. You need, your, you need something to get you up. The next time I give you a cane, you get in the ring and do a referee match with a cane. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm figuring he was going to say, stay off the ropes. This is what I thought he was going to say. But that's okay.
2: Hey, how about this one, Brian?
0: How about tonight
2: I asked you, I said, Brian, how can you see his shoulders when you got your head up his ass? I said, From now on, don't never let me see you looking up somebody's ass to do a three count, be it the head, head to head. Well, Daddy, you're never satisfied. You're always knocking me. You're always knocking me. I said, No, I'm not knocking you. I just want you to be good.
0: Well, that must have been a women's match. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So I I got one last question here. I can send it over to Brian. Uh, In uh, September of 18, uh, you were brought in to do the. Uh, Nick, all this Cody Rhodes NWA heavyweight title match uh, at All In. Looking back on it now, you you brought up how much Dusty meant to you. You ha- how many butterflies are going through you when you're thinking, "Oh man, I'm I'm reffing his son's match and he's going to win the title that his dad did."
2: I was nervous as usual. Yeah. When you, you know, with whenever you get the opportunity to do something like that, it's real, uh it's a prestige for one thing, but it's a pressure on the other hand. But when you got two great workers like Cody and Nick, it's a piece of cake, you know. But it's, it's still, it's, it's a lot of stress there. It's almost like a WrestleMania match to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: I agree with you. And then do you think, because you know him well, we both do. Do you think Nick Aldis is in the same conversation as far as what he's done with that NWA uh, with the names like Flair, race, Rhodes, Briscoes, funks? Do you, do you think he's there for that?
2: In a new generation he is, but not the old generation, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, the whole business is a different business now from when I came in with the Crockett's and where it's been now. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, to me, it's more of a, with all the shit that they do, it's more like a soap opera and it's kind of taken away from the business. But they're still doing business, you know what I mean?
0: Right, right. <laughs> and that's, that's a great answer. I mean, and I understand what you're saying. I don't know if everybody else will understand it, but I do. Uh, exactly what you're saying. Do you, um, do you think that now today referees are where they should be? Do you think they're, they're trained properly or do you think, or just what do you think of the crop of referees that you see now on TV? I don't know what you watch on TV as far as wrestling goes. I don't know if you watch WWE anymore. I don't know if you watch AEW. I don't know if you watch Impact. I I don't know what you watch, but whatever you do watch or whatever you have seen, what are your thoughts on today's crop of referees? I don't,
2: well, a lot a lot of them need training because they look like in the matches they're scared. They're scared they're going to do this or do that wrong. And they're too far away from the talent to relate a message if you needed one or somebody's hurt or, or stuff like that. In time they get there, I mean, some of them look like they stand standing in the corner waiting for the finish. And it's just kind of – they, they don't, they're not into the – they don't look like they're really into the match. You know what I mean? They're, they know what the time limit is and this, that, and the other, and they're getting the cues and this, that, and the other. And they're just – they show no uh, uh, interest. Some of them – you know, it's just like I'm here to count three and that's what I'm going to do. And thats that's the end of it, you know? I mean, they they never get in there like you do or I do or I did and, and relate to them or uh, whatever. Only time they get close is when they give a time cue uh, or go home or uh, a false finish or a pin. That's as close as you ever see a lot of them now. They're always in the other corner, away from the action. So
0: this, this is another question. This is from uh, Bruce Allen. Wants to know if you could tell a good, funny wrestling story that most people wouldn't know about. That would know. Would not know. Oh,
2: well, years ago, uh, in WWF, uh, Slaughter would let me hip toss him and arm drag him, and throw him over the rope.
0: <laughs>
2: he come charging, I duck, pull the rope. He go shooting out. Oh uh, we do a spot and I, and he come tra- charging at me. I arm drag him. He get up and look like what the hell's going on. He come charging and I hip toss him. Then he would patter out the ring.
0: Do you know uh do you have a little story that's outside of, of the ring? Oh yeah. Anything uh, you want to put out there?
2: Yeah. Jay Lethal, love him to death. He, oh, took a hell, he took a hell of a bump one night and I swear to god I thought he was hurt. And uh I get down on I jump out of the ring I go, JJ, you all right? He looks up, he goes, Fuck you, Earl. I said, okay. ah. So the next night, basically the same match, he takes a bump out. I jump down and I'm looking at him, I said, get the fuck up, he ain't hurt. And I start kicking him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome that that's I love, awesome
2: I love jay lethal I've had more fun with him and he's got the best family in the world believe me and uh I'm so happy that uh the push that he got and where he is at because he is one hell of a talented guy he could he could when he was in the ring and he'd mock flair you'd say flair was in there and that's how good he is he's talent he's one talented guy believe me and i love him to death
0: speaking of speaking of jay lethal were you ever were you ever contacted or talked to you about for that Flair's last match?
2: I, uh, Tommy Young called me up and asked me would I be interested in doing it because he didn't want to do it. And I said, no, I don't want to do it. That's about it. Because I didn't want two of, both of us dying in the ring. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you're seeing guys like, you know, Flair – uh sting um just to name a few that are still jeff jarrett another one still doing it Uh, how how what comes to your mind first thing when you see him doing this this one last match ricky steamboat's doing one starcade weekend Uh, uh any memories of these guys when you're working with them well yeah uh
2: Sting and I were real good buddies, and believe it or not, he had his private dressing room, and uh, he always let me dress in his room because we played gin all the time. We played cards, but he wanted me to always do his matches. And uh, as far as Jeff Jarrett, I love Jeff to death. I'm so happy that he's with AEW, and he's going to make a big impact on everything there that he does for that company, believe me. In time to come, uh, he'll be – It'll be well, well worth having somebody there that knows what he knows, because after all, he ran TNA. He knows everything about the business. He knows everything in the ring, out the ring, and uh, it's a great, it's a great honor for AW to have him, and it's a great honor for him to have that position. And I'm so proud for him and happy for him. And when it comes to Ric Flair, Ric Flair's the one, the guy that put me over so many times. It's unreal. He gave me more spots than you can ever believe. Sometimes, hell, I thought it was mine and him's match, and the other guy was referee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so this is the last question. And and then you can add anything you want to add. It's, It's your show. It's about you. But the last question is this. When people think about Earl Hebner and what he's done, what do you want your fans, what do you want your peers, what do you want everyone to remember about Earl Hebner and what he's done for this wrestling business?
2: Well, if you, well, I want them to remember that even though I was presented as a bad guy, I'm not, I wasn't, I was only doing my job and remember the things that I did that don't get done anymore. And if you stop and name, Name a NFL uh, guy, a referee. Name a, a baseball referee, and they have to stop and think. Name a wrestling referee. Majority of the people say Earl Hebner. I will say that.
0: Very true. Very true. Well, I think that we mean we meaning. You, Uncle David, myself, we've done a good job of taking care of our family name and, and and doing a great job in the wrestling business and, you know, having respect from our peers and our fans and that kind of thing. And I, I couldn't be any prouder of you than than you wouldn't believe it. But, I mean, just just I'm just so proud of you and all of your accomplishments. And I know about all of them, and you probably don't think I do, but I can tell you I do. I do my homework, and I just always appreciated you giving me all the advice you could give me, um, I never once thought I was bigger or better than than Mr. Earl Hebner because that's just never simply the, the the case. No matter what people may think or say, I, I never did. Um, I always believed that I carried my legacy on that you you laid in front of me, and always will appreciate that you, you're my dad. And you, you 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 know we 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 all did it together for the Hebners. Yes, I'm retired. I have no plans on going back. I really don't. Um, if I do, I do. But if I don't, I don't. And right now, I'm not, and we don't have a plan on it. So the way we've left it, unless I go back and fuck it all up, uh, <laughs> we, we, we we did good.
2: Well, you know what? And I'll also say, all the referees in in this business, uh, I'm sure that the, the three just great ones will be me, you, and Dave for this for this for all the angles and stuff that we did that they don't even do anymore uh, will always be remembered. A lot of them won't, um, they will, some of them, but they won't, rem- they won't be a Hebner.
0: That's, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Awesome. So Earl, you got, you're going to be at uh Starcade coming up uh, next week, correct? You want to just let everybody know. Yeah. And then let them know this too, that
2: I've got a limited edition of my uh, action figures. So, anybody wants one better come early because I only have a limited edition for them unless they get can get them somewhere else. And I got my buddies and I got my picture. So, but uh, I'm sure my action figures are going to go fast. So, anybody wants one better get there early. And that's with the asylum. I'll be with the asylum company and they got plenty of uh, merchandise too that uh, is on sale. So, first come, first serve. For serve. Are these the uh,
0: Matt Cordona ones? They're the uh, zombie ones. Okay. Are you you sold out of the Cordona ones? Correct. No, they're all gone. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Is there is there anything else that you want to plug? I mean, anything else? You you going anywhere soon? Any appearances? Put out anything you want.
2: No, uh, the only thing I got coming up right now is the Asylum. I got a few bookings in, in next year, but uh, that's a way away. But just to, I'll be with the asylum at, at Russell Cade from the 25th to the 27th. so like I said, uh they, and the asylum is coming out with a new uh action figure of me too, so once they come out, and I like those better than well, all of them are good, really, you know so but anyway, those action figures are limited, so if anybody wants one better come get them early because I know they'll be gone. I did a thing for hot spots and I put, took three down there, and uh, – no, no, I'm sorry. I took – I was in New York. I took three of them. The guy asked me to bring a bunch of them, but I was saving them for Rastricade. And uh, with the first three phone calls, they were gone. So – and they're limited. Like, I don't even – I called a guy at uh, Zombie, and they said they only had a few. And he, he – he I was lucky enough to get, get uh, a few of them myself. But uh, other than that, uh, you know – that's about it.
0: Cool deal. Cool deal. Well, I, Daddy, I really want to thank you for joining the show. And I, it was very fun. And you have to go back and listen to it once we get it all edited up and get all of our stuff in there and all that stuff. But uh, I really do want to thank you. And uh, I love you very much. And thank you so much. And very proud of you. All
2: right, uh, right. Don't forget my address. Send that check as soon as this thing airs, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to get the sponsors from the guys who make your dolls, and then we'll be fine.
2: All right, right, man. All right. Love you, buddy. Uh, I love you too. And thank you guys.
1: It's summer. You know what that means. It's bonfire season. And thanks for our great sponsors today, City Bonfires. They're making your job a heck of a lot easier, and everybody around you very, very happy. Head over to CityBonfires.com right now and use the promo code Ruffin to get 15% off your entire order. These bonfires can be used on camping trips, whether you're in an apartment, whether you're in the country, and you just want to have some peacefulness. City bonfires helps you out. Their burn time lasts between three to five hours. It's light, reusable, and easy to extinguish. There's no mess, no flying embers, no ashes to clean up, and there's no smoke. So you're not going to be taking all of that smoke into your home. So head over and check out their great products Right now over at citybonfires.com and use the promo code REFIN. That's R-E-F-I-N to get 15% off your entire order. Thanks to our great friends over at City Bonfires. Another, uh, another great show, Brian. I'm very uh, very happy that your dad could, uh, could join the show this week.
0: Yeah, man. Me too. Uh, he was in good spirits man he was really good to go um sounds like he's beginning to be at that winding down when, you know mm-hmm. when we ask about his stuff coming up so it sounds like he's winding down um it's
1: crazy that my dad's doing more than i am and <laughs> whatever <laughs> well hey yeah have have fun yeah there you go i'm going to say that's a bit of a haul coming from uh cuz he's there in virginia right oh yeah oh yeah yeah so that's going to have a little bit of a haul down to north carolina for him but what were the dates
0: he gave for uh, what was it? What's, what's the dates he gave for
1: 26th and 27th? That's the Starcade week, or uh, excuse me, not Starcade, Russell Cade weekend.
0: Okay, good. So, right after Thanksgiving, he's going on the road. Good for him. I don't want any parts of that. Thank
1: you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. Um, uh-huh. but one thing I am definitely happy about is our Batman, JD, who He's making moves all over the place. If you know, you know. If you don't, make sure you follow him because he's doing work all over the place, not just with us anymore. He's all over. Um, great to see it, though. He's definitely, definitely one of the guys that definitely deserve it.
0: Oh my god, hell yeah! I, 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 I could care less. If he's doing work for other people. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful, <laughs> and I cannot even stop and start to complain about any of that stuff all i can say is i'm blessed to have him on our team mm-hmm. you're the man you are and i'm i'm, I'm so so happy for you
1: mm-hmm. and then, then our man ajbk he's going into uh if anybody's looking into doing any uh broadcasting i think he's getting into play-by-play again uh yeah as he's,
0: well uh, yeah, yeah yeah on uh ovw he's doing some stuff there dude the guy is awesome please if you need an announcer you need some play-by-play, whatever it may be, and you're running a show and you're trying to put it on a, you know, on the internet or whatever it may be. The guy will travel; he'll come to you. Trust me, mm-hmm. and he's awesome. The guy's amazing. So yes, please reach out to him. His his email, not email, but his socials his, are
1: his his website will be right in the show description. But head over to ajmckaycreative.com. All his information is there, all his work, fantastic work he does, not just for this show, all his commercials he does, all everything he does is right there on his website. Uh, so go check that out. It is in, uh, like I said, it is in the show notes. Um, I also wanted to give another quick shout-out uh, to our boys over the Kickout Crew for this week sponsoring the show, um, as well as our uh, friends over at PW Mania. I actually just started uh, writing some... Uh, uh, articles over there some uh nostalgic articles if you will um so go check that over there uh check them out over there at pwmania on uh, Twitter as well um, pwmania.com doing great stuff over there as well so
0: I, I heard I heard there was there, there was some feedback to me that uh you you did a very fine job on your first article I thought it was uh thought it was well as my, myself.
1: I I, uh, I appreciate that I really do, and I got uh, I try to put one out uh, one a week. Uh, last week was uh, the Rock versus Brock from SummerSlam two thousand two. So basically, what I do for a little synopsis, I basically it's called the matches that shaped us. So basically, I pick a match that basically shaped the business. Um, last week it was Rock and Brock. This week is actually going to be um, Stone Cold versus uh, Bret Hart from WrestleMania thirteen. Um, so check that out. Go over and make sure your you uh, favorite, your bookmark pwmania.com article be out there, or you can just you know follow the socials as well. So um, but next week, Brian, looking forward to next week. Um, we're actually gonna be welcoming in something that you you worked with quite a bit uh, when you came back this last time, as well as before um, when it was uh, TNA as well. So we're welcoming in EY Eric Young to the show next week.
0: Yeah, man. Very excited about it. I'm so, I I love that guy so much. It's incredible. This is going to be absolutely amazing. And you talk about a funny down to earth guy. Wow. Wait, till you see this out of him? It's going to be good. I cannot wait. I cannot wait.
1: Yeah. A a guy that can definitely do it all. I implore you uh, to, uh, to go back, search YouTube, search wherever you can find an Eric young match. You can, you can, You'll be able to find it wherever you go. We're actually going to go over a match that you were involved with him. We're actually going to go over his match against uh, the uh, uh, Bobby Lashley and Austin Aries for the TNA title at Slammiversary Twelve, which was inside a steel cage. So. Wow. Yeah, I've uh I've watched it numerous times. So uh I'll definitely the, that link will be out there. That's on YouTube. If you got you want to go check it out. Um, but definitely looking forward to that. Uh but until then, head over wherever you get your great podcast. If you're not subscribed to Refining It Up with Brian Hebner, do it right now, as well as going over and following us on Twitter and Instagram at Refining It Up. Brian, what else you got?
0: Not a damn thing, man. I'm ready to get out of here, chill out. Get me some warm well, I put on a pot roast, so I'm gonna get some warm pot roast and some potatoes and I'm gonna just show it's a rainy woo yucky night here and yeah, I'm uh I'm done, man. And you can reach me at a uh, at Baby Ebner on Twitter and Instagram and make it easy for you.
1: Well just remember it's better than than rain than snow, which I'm getting overnight here. So you can count your nope. blessings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you
1: chose where you live. Yeah, well, it is what it is. But anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in this week to Ref and Up with Brian Hebner, and we'll see you right here next week. One, two, three.